Hey guys, it's Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset, and we are live with episode 411. We have our co-hosts here. Corey, how's it going? Really good. Another two-match weekend. I was about to say, did you shoot like 14 matches this weekend? <laughs> Just three Dude, last week. You're really slacking. Eh, a little bit. <laughs> and our other co-host, Greg, how's it going, Greg? I'm just thinking it would have been cool if you said something like episode 411, where we're going to get the 411 from like the best 22 shooters in the world. Like, that would be so good. And that is why I do the intros. Fair enough. Fair enough. You had a fun weekend. I did. I got TL Impact for these two a lot. That's awesome. Yep. Just from RON, the NRL championship, NRL 22. It was great. I uh, took two sips of water after every shooter, reapplied sunscreen after every squad. It was <laughs> See, look, I did good. Not even a red nose. A little bit more. Yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. And our guests of the hour this week that people really want to hear from is Zane Herman, who is the overall winner of the NRL 22 championship, and our top lady, Camden Powers. How's it going, guys? Awesome. Good. How are you? Good. So we're going to start. Our first question is always this. And so we'll start one at a time and we'll do ladies first. But the first question is for anybody that's unfamiliar with you, um, doesn't know you, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into shooting and where you're at now. Yeah. Well, as Jennifer said, my name is Cameron Powers. I am from Colorado, just north of Colorado Springs. And I am a full-time college student. I like to say probably either part-time or full-time shooter. Um, I work part-time as a marketing coordinator and I'm getting my degree in business and marketing. So I definitely have a passion for marketing. I love the creative aspect of it. And I started shooting just shy of three years ago. And what got me going in, it was actually my dad. I grew up around firearms, grew up with a love of shooting and um, archery. So it was really just rifle and archery for me. And it was 2020, right before COVID hit, my dad discovered the NRL and PRS. And he's like, hey, this is something we could totally do together. And I was all about it. Then COVID hit, so it kind of slowed down, you know, or wanting to go to a match a little bit. Um, but then matches started back up. My dad's like, Camden, let's go do it. And I was like, heck no, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> that, that sounded great about six months ago, but not now. And he was just really encouraging me to do it. And he's like, you know, there is an NRL 22X match just a little bit away from us. Why don't we go shoot it? I didn't want to, but I was like, fine, I'll do it for you. And within a couple hours of the match, I was hooked. And ever since then, I have absolutely loved shooting 22s. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I think the moral of that story is anyone that's like, I don't know, you should go do it because it's addicting and it's fun. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right, Zane, how about you? Mine's actually a lot more similar than that than I thought it was. Um, so I'm 19, um, grew up in Topeka, Kansas, living in Lawrence, going to school at the University of Kansas now, um, going for a degree in aerospace engineering. Uh, started shooting 
in October of 2020. Um, shot all my life, hunted a little bit. Um, got a real interest in long range shooting through prairie dog hunting. And um, basically figured out there was a range close by and then found out about their NRL 22 matches. And so uh, my dad and I bought a Tika and an Athlon Argos and mounted it up the night before, went out there, shot, and just had an absolute blast. The group out there is just all incredible guys. The pre-state precision flinkers out of Ottawa, Kansas, they're all absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, been doing that since. Very nice. And then you just go and like, you know, win the national championship. <laughs> I mean, you know, little things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did did you so, go into it thinking you were going to win or were you just like, oh, oh no. So it was a surprise to you? Very much so, yes. Um, so the past, so 2020, uh, October was my first year shooting competitively. Um, first year shooting 22s, my rifle, all that stuff. And uh, I barely hit the uh, match requirement to go to nationals in 2021. And the guys are like, cool, this kid, we'll, we'll take him, we'll bring him along. And so uh, went and shot up in Nebraska that year uh, with all those guys. Had just the time of my life, of course. Fantastic match. Uh, ended up winning young gun and uh placing seventh overall which was really really a shock to everyone including myself because I had no idea it was my sixth match ever and all the ones before were monthlies so it's like just just wild it's crazy experience and then the next year I'm like oh man I have like this pressure on my shoulders like I feel like you know i I want to do as good, but like, there's just no way. And I was shooting base cause I was out of young gun. And so I shot one base seventh overall again. I'm like, Oh no, now I've really set the precedent for myself. So this year I go in, I'm like, okay, there's a ton more people really hard match traveling all this way. Like I want to get like top 10 really big goal, but like I want to do top 10. If I can get seventh again, that'd be sweet. If I can get above that, that'd be fantastic. And then shot it. And my thoughts on two-day matches uh, as far as like scoring, I do not want to know my score after day one. Not at all. And so all the guys in my group that were staying within the Airbnb, there's like 10 of us. Everyone knew that Zane does not want to know his scores. And they all went out to dinner. Scores came out while they were at dinner. And it was real quiet when they came back. And I had like Dakota Wright texted me and she's like, hey, good shooting. I was like, I don't know the scores. I don't want to know. I'm just going to pretend that you're very, very nice. Thank you very much. And so <laughs> I'm like trying to just avoid Justin Carbone calls me. I'm like, hey, dude, I don't know scores. And then we, I'm like, I will not, I will not talk numbers with you. But like, thanks. Glad you're here. Glad I got to see you. See you tomorrow. Cool. And like all through the night. I'm just trying to like not think about shooting, trying not to do scores and all that stuff. Like, all right, I know I shot pretty good, but like I could be anywhere and I don't want to think about where I could possibly be. 
So we show up the next morning, uh, and guy we park next to, he's like, ah, so that's the Tika. I'm like, yep, yep, it's the Tika. It's me, yep, I shoot a Tika. And I'm like, I turn to one of my buddies, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it to the first stage without someone telling me. There's no way. Walk up to the zero line, and like, I set my rifle down, guy next to me, hey, there's our scoreboard leader. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> And everyone, I mean, I got it spoiled like five times before I hit the first stage. Like there was no shot and I never looked at any of the numbers until I finished shooting, but it really, after day one, we, we hit all the easier stages of the match and really high round count stages. And day two was all really, really hard stages. And like, we had three eight round stages, a seven round stage, like low round count stuff, lots of points to lose. And so I'm like, hate that everyone's all up and excited, but like, I'm not going to hold on to it. And then by some miracle, I did by one point. So, well, spoiler alert when you go to Italy, don't watch <laughs> the shooter's mindset. <laughs> because we're gonna be saying scores oh gosh yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do there i don't know if i can possibly avoid that conversation you need a good pair of the sound blocking earbuds and just put those in and listen to music and when people come up and they say like hey man you're leading just be like (laughs) or if they're like hey man you're last place you'll still go yeah it was a real good time though have either of y'all shot at the venue before i know zane you mentioned you hadn't actually shot a lot of matches Damn, you can go first. Was, yeah no that was my first time ever shooting at that venue or even a match hosted by chris or john okay yep me as well um that was by far the furthest east that I've ever gone for a match. Uh, furthest east, yeah. previous to that was Gaston, Missouri. So, yeah. 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 Same for me. Okay. What do you think of the course of fire? Was it different than home or? I, I thought it was very creative. They definitely got creative with their props. Um, some of the targets looked really big. I was like, what the heck? That target's really big. Yeah with how much movement there was it was it was i feel like a very well balanced course of fire when it comes to the movement and target sizes i mean we only had right Zane? we only had one prone stage all the rest were off of barricades and props yeah one full so, prone really? stage uh yeah, there one was like a couple you could get like modified prone on yeah but... yeah like a modified prone or like two shots were from prone but then you had to jump up mm-hmm. and shoot off barricade for the rest of the shots or something okay so do you like did you like that i liked it yeah i thought it was Mm -hmm. good i really enjoyed the movement i i thought it was really fun i kind of expected there to be a lot of movement just i did a training with chris a little while back and it was all movement so i had a feeling that's what the course of fire was going to mostly be like okay yeah so going into it um i knew 90 second bar times was a big change so going Spicy. into it i'm like it's it's probably going to be like stages dot designed for two minutes and shot in 90 seconds 
And so I feel like that checked out on quite a few of them where like you're like if if I don't put this shot down range right now, like I'm gonna time out. Um so based off of my past shooting, I knew that I was pretty quick going into it. Um I usually shoot I I usually don't lose matches on time stages. Um Mm -hmm. PRS finale this past December, I won one of the gray ops ammo things because I shot the fastest time stage like Mm-hmm. I knew that that would put me at a little bit of an advantage, uh, them being 90 seconds, because I'm just efficient in my movement, and I'm quick with everything. Um, but our first stage, day one, I led the squad off, and it was that 12 shots, 12 positions, 90 seconds stage. I was like, yeah. all right, let's do it. We're we're getting into it. Finished with oh. three seconds left and got a 12, and it was like, cool. let's, let's go. go. Very nice. Yeah, what was it. your favorite stage? The one that Zane just talked about. The that was 12 yeah. position, 12 shots. 12 position. I was wore out. Yeah. And I had, when I finished, I think six seconds left. But yeah, you had to move. You had to move yeah. so quick. Yeah. I, my, my dad actually beat me on that stage on time. He had four seconds and I had three <laughs> but nice. his was because he has an arca on his tika and so he can take the bipod off and so you can just slide in and out yeah whereas mine I have it on the stud so I have to like till and make sure I don't push my bag through the hole and all that right. fun stuff so that slowed me down just a little bit but yeah that stage was super fun the fact that you shot that good on that stage with a separated with a separate bag and your bipod still attached is redonkulous. That's very impressive, yeah, for sure. That's that's awesome. I when we mm-hmm. shot that stage on Friday, like the one thing that I don't have, I have all sorts of stuff in here as you guys can see. I don't have a bag that connects to a plate. Yep. And I just borrowed a random bag. I was like, can I use that actually? even that I like, that's the sport though yeah exactly that's yeah. a great thing about these sports because other people are like you can use mine i'm like i don't i just want i don't want <laughs> i just need one <laughs> and I, I still only got to position 10 yeah it was not an easy stage at all and uh going into the gear stuff i mean i i literally i own that one medium game changer and heavy fill and that's it I don't have any other bags. I don't have pump pillows. I don't have stuff that attaches to the rifle. That's it. I've got my bipod, my Harris bipod attached to the rifle. I've got my medium game changer, and that is what it is. So you won with a Tika in one bag. Yep. Pretty good. Greg, <laughs> oh. Zane, how big's your magazine? Ten. So there was a mag change in there also. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there was that. Um, I'm just going to go hide under my desk. <laughs> so, yeah, do you get 10 round mags? Um, you get pretty good mag changes. Um, so, like, even on 10 round stages, eight round stages, seven round stages, I always have two mags on me. Um, funny thing that changed because of Italy this year. Um, I used to just wear jeans all the time when I shot. That was just like my thing. I just wore jeans and I had a Tika mag just in my pocket. I'd reload out of my pocket all the time. But <laughs> so going into Italy, um, I posted in our group, I'm like, 
everyone says they want to like match paint colors and i'm like all right so what color are we doing Bruce said black. I'm like, all right, cool. So I went and got some 511 strikes and I'm like, eh, I'm not doing pocket reloads out of this thing with the baggy pockets. And so I got uh, one of the short action precision uh, mag carriers. And so I have that on my left side now. So I always have that. Those things are awesome. Yes. Like that's, I, I, I love my CZ and my little mag gun in general, but like the fact that I could change a mag just going is awesome so let's talk more or actually let's uh let's hit a couple of lives real quick um not that um i'll get rid of that one <laughs> yeah um deal with that um anyway yep. john wade asked live video feed in italy and the answer to that is yes while I was gone, our Starlink system showed up. So me and Jen and yes, Prentice, what is your question? Your, what question do you want me to ask? Um, me, Jennifer and her husband, Damien are gonna be going there and trying to live stream this entire match for everybody all over the, uh, all over the world. So That's you guys amazing. make sure to uh, spread the word so that people know where to see this awesome match live. Um, I know a couple of guys last year did a good job of trying to live stream a little here, a little there while shooting. Um, and it was cool. We got to see a little bit. We had the live scores, but we're going to try and do the best live stream in the history of pre the precision shooting sports. Yep, We're going to try and have scores scrolling. So you'll be able to see that um at least if, if they're not scrolling we will at least be periodically showing them um and everybody just give us a little grace because you know this is us trying to <laughs> put it all together in italy and so we got the starlink so we'll have coverage because we know that uh reception is always spotty at ranges and difficult so we've got starlink now <clears throat> we'll have it'll all be on our facebook page and we'll try and have, um, you know, put links out where people can maybe share it with their family. Uh, I know like, you know, Camden and Zane, y'all may have family. I know a lot of family is going over there with y'all, but you may have grandparents, cousins, aunts and uncles that can't do it. So you can share the link with them and they can watch y'all live. So that is the plan. Yeah, I'm really excited to just have all the people from like all the people from my club <clears throat> watching just the thought of everyone getting together and supporting our team is just it's just the coolest thing ever having everyone want to want to support us and want to watch us it's it's going to be phenomenal for sure yeah absolutely hopefully this will be a thing that we get to do for y'all from here on out um Darren wants to know, Zane, what kind of local foods did you have for supper both nights? <laughs> like Darren doesn't know the answer to that question. Well, um, gosh, Friday night, we so we were staying in South Carolina. And I live in we South were we were staying in a haunted mansion in South Carolina. It's great. Didn't know it was haunted beforehand, but learned that pretty quickly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, um, 
went out to a local place and ate Saturday night or Friday night. Yeah. And then Taco Bell Saturday night and then Pizza Hut mm. Sunday night. It was great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the perfect diet to help. Oh, to yeah, for sure. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so Prentice said I had to read something from him. So I'm going to read this comment. He said, Camden Power smiling. I've never seen her not, never not seen her smiling. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Prentice, you'd be proud of me. I picked up a foundation cert at the match. So finally getting my foundation. <laughs> nice. Jealous. Congrats. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So yeah. let's talk about rifles. Hey. Because uh, both your rigs are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so yeah. ladies first, tell, tell us what, what you won with. Yeah, so I run a Remax Action with a proof 20-inch steel like prefit Remax barrel. And it is sitting in an XLR and V-Pro chassis. And I use a MDT Skypod single pull. And then for my scope, it is a Burris XTR Pro with the SCR2 reticle. And then that is sitting in a Hawkins Precision one-piece heavy pack mount. So, and I run nice. all wee bad bags and my go-to is like the big behemoth, like rear support bag. And then the mini whiskey Charlie fortune cookie. That's my favorite. I love that bag. <laughs> it's all broken in. Oh yeah, the stitching's like ripping. I have like my last name embroidered on it. That's like ripping <laughs> apart. Oh yeah, that bag is loved. <laughs> <laughs> but once it's broken in, it's kind of like shoes. Like when they start falling apart, they're just perfect, and you don't mm -hmm. want to. Oh apart. yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I feel like shooting bags are the same way. Like once they get some scars on them, you've had to stitch them back up in an airport. You know those kinds. Of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're like perfect they are they are yeah mine has like little stains on it I'm like oh yeah that stain was from like I actually spilled Fuego's tacos on that bag when I shot there in April for the best oh. in Texas I'm like yeah that stain that that just takes me back to Texas <laughs> so you can take Texas everywhere you go perfect we'll always be with you I know I <laughs> oh man oh. Uh, yeah mine's a lot boring than that a lot more i was about to that. say we gotta hit zane now <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's a completely stock tika nothing done to it um the only thing that is different from when you take it out of the box first of all i took the stickers off my dad actually still has his stickers on his that's a pretty good sight <laughs> um, <laughs> i remember that yeah yeah um but the only thing we did to it um the grip is interchangeable and so you can switch it out for a more vertical uh grip compared to the more swept one but okay. that's it uh popped it out of stock and uh turned the trigger down a little bit or not nothing um as far as the other stuff on it i have a harris bipod of some sort again it's like we bought the tika from a local gun shop and the bipod was there with it like it's it's nothing <laughs> special um 
scope mount is actually pretty well new to me. Um, I had like two matches with it before nationals this year. Uh, it's the new gray op scope mount. And the thing that I'm most excited about, and I love talking about it every chance that I get, is the dual bubble levels. So they have their bubble levels yeah. that mount to the top ring. And so I have one on both sides. And I love how it looks. Some people might look goofy, but it gives me bubble levels for support side too. Mm -hmm. So like yeah. I have my whole shot process when I'm getting ready to take every single shot. And one of those is checking the level. And Absolutely. when you're support side and don't have that, it's like, you know, you feel lost. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so <laughs> having that, it's been absolutely fantastic for me. Um, optics, uh, I have an Athlon Cronus. And Athlon is one of my sponsors. They're absolutely fantastic people. Uh, Dustin Harding from Athlon, their marketing manager. Just awesome one of the guy. best dudes in the world. I mean, he really is. So I, I lucked out uh, living in Lawrence. Uh, the Athlon office is in uh, Kansas City. And so they're like, 35 40 minutes away Dustin yeah. comes out and shoots with us it's it's really fantastic to have them that close and get to really know those guys on a personal level and like you know yeah, Dustin's like one of my that. best friends he's so cool yeah. yeah I love that that's like the same with me with my scope is birds is okay it's a little bit of a longer drive it's about a two hour drive from my <laughs> house but I mean before I was sponsored by them, I was shooting with a bunch of Burris people, and they're great. If I need anything, I can just drive up there, or we'll see each other at a match, and it's exactly. awesome. I love that relationship. Yeah, Dustin is, he does not get enough credit. He is one of the most phenomenal people. A lot of pictures that you see from Athlon and their posts, that's, that's him. Uh, I know, so he was hanging out with all of us. Uh, free state guys this weekend he's in the airbnb with us and he took some videos that i'm sure will be released at some point and he just he did some fantastic stuff yeah D dustin's definitely awesome people we've had him on the show before we get to see him at shot show every year yeah he's uh he's one of those guys that's just truly passionate about our sport yes and, and doing what he can to help it grow as a whole just just an absolutely fantastic person uh, on that same level. We've got Darren. Uh, if you don't know Darren, you've probably seen him. You can't miss him. He's about nine <laughs> feet tall. And a friggin' midget next to him this weekend. Yes. The dude is huge, but also on that same level. Like, just one of the best people you can possibly talk to. He hates it when people talk about him. Darren, sorry, but you're too great not to talk about um, he runs our local club here and just the amount of work that he puts in is, is crazy. So listening to you talk, two things popped in my head. One, so gray ops having the level on both sides of the scope mount, that right there is just evidence of a competitive shooter having a company mm -hmm. <laughs> because the mainstream gun industry don't think about, oh, well, I might have to shoot offhand and, you know, support side and not be able to see my level. So I think that's really great that Dave has gotten into this and is, you know, taking those things that I'm sure at, at some point he had to shoot support side and was like, oh, gosh, you know, I can't see my level. And so he invented it to now 
you know, fit that need. I just, I love seeing whenever competitors start companies up. And then the other thing that just stood out to me is that um, it, it is not the arrow, it is the Indian, because you have taken a stock gun and gone to town and basically mopped everybody else up with it, which is pretty <laughs> Yeah, pretty remarkable. I don't know if you realize how remarkable that is, but so many people get so wrapped up in the gear game and chasing the, you know, oh, I got to buy this gun. I got to buy this scope. I got to get this scope mount. I got to get this particular bipod. And um, kudos to you for just, you know, you run what you brung and you just run it and <laughs> you run it well. Yeah. yeah. I don't like to talk about myself as a shooter, uh, but yeah, uh, I got what I got, um, and really, the, the shooting experience, it, for me, it's not really about the competitive side of things. Um, obviously, I I like to do well. I think everyone does, but for me, it's about the people, like like I've been talking about, the, the fantastic people that I get to hang out with every month, um, the, the guys here in Ottawa, just, just flat out good people best people I've ever met in my life and that's yeah. that's why I do it I, I sit around for way too long after every single match with whoever's there and hang out and just have a good time and the I mean nationals this year especially since we were all in an Airbnb together but also the past two so years <laughs> the best part of it was just sitting around and talking to everyone you know yeah. not only getting to talk about gun stuff and share that passion with some really fantastic people but also just hearing stories and making memories mm -hmm. and you know having a plane almost drop out of the sky and guys sitting in the front of the plane was like what do you mean turbulence we're like we literally almost died what are you talking about and like <laughs> yeah uh our our flight out of charlotte was quite eventful uh stopping on the runway we <laughs> we uh stopped at the end of the runway and we're like and all of my buddies and I like all look at each other and we're like well here this goes so yeah it was a good time just those memories are what makes the whole thing mm -hmm. I agree with you definitely agree do we have any lives you need to hit before we get I know Prentice is watching so it's gonna be hard to keep <laughs> no he's in bed now he's asleep Marty Brown. I think said, we had pretty much all of them. Yeah. Marty Brown said there's nothing like getting getting your butt kicked monthly by Zane. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It uh it makes some people upset, I'll tell you that much. Not I think it's a lot of like people spend so much money and then like see someone beat them not spending a bunch of money and it like makes them feel bad about themselves. But yeah, I'd say I'd say probably some of the people this year were a little upset, like, oh, this dude just came out here and did that and has hardly spent as much money as we have. But the, mm -hmm. the people at the club, we were talking about it Sunday night, and we're like, everyone else is upset. Or it was just like, <laughs> another Sunday for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do y'all have uh... – backup rifles like i always thought that there was like a fleet of tikas where like you take 14 of them out one day and just be like all right this one's grouping best this weekend this is what i'm going to use so uh 
it's the it's the one rifle that's done it all. Um, I will say the one thing that, um, with the the base rifles and the factory rifles, they're a bit more picky on ammo. Um, so you really got to get a good lot, and so we don't really have the luxury of just you know picking up a brick from Shields and running it. Uh, where you get more of that with like the Remexes and the Voodoo's. Um, so we have sent my TK to Lapua, great guys at Lapua. Um, they have shot my rifle a fair few times. I actually can't remember <laughs> if it's three or four, but nice. it's been there several times. Uh, Lapua and Mesa do fantastic stuff. And so all my stuff that I've been yeah. shooting since a little bit before my first championship um, was all uh, lot tested Lapua Midas. So that's that's the big thing um, as far as other Tikas. Uh, my dad and I shared my Tika for a while and quickly realized like, oh yeah, my dad's like uh, 6'2", and I'm not 6'2", and so that doesn't quite work out. Geometry is a little mixed match there. And so <laughs> quickly realized he needed to buy his own stuff. We're like, okay, yeah, we're probably going to be doing this for a while, and the addiction had already fully set in, so he he bought his own and so we have that uh first year nationals he didn't shoot it so we had that there as a backup rifle um and then going into italy it's like i i don't want to like a full another rifle but i for sure want parts um there's some certain parts on the tika that will wear out will break um i haven't experienced any of that yet but i'm probably getting close to that round count where it's like this something I really need to be paying attention to um so uh we we have his and we bought a new one that our idea of buying the new one was like okay this is kind of just a parts rifle well they changed the ejector mechanism from <laughs> a spring <laughs> to a shark fin so we're like well that's not quite gonna work so sold that to a buddy of ours and then bought um a used one from cabela's that shares all the same parts so that's we have a, we have a lot of them that's always nice when you have the same rifle and you can share spare stuff mm. yeah. yeah but having to get two of everything you can just have one because surely both of you will not have the same thing break hopefully yeah yeah so the one thing that is <laughs> the one thing that's like a consumable on the tikas is the mags after about 500 rounds through them the mags will kind of wear out and start to do some weird mm -hmm. stuff and so i couldn't even tell you how many tika mags we have i will tell you if you want to do the math i'm probably creeping up on about fifteen thousand rounds on my tika i change it out every five there's a there's a lot of Tika mags sitting in the gun room in Topeka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Zane. Like, I don't have a full backup rifle. Um, I'm very thankful that I have backup parts. So I always bring a backup bolt with me. And um, just going with Italy, I do have an extra pro already sighted in and a set of rings. So in case something were to ever happen with this one right here then I could just pop on mine and it's already sighted in 
Um, but yeah, just extra parts for the bowl. Extra, I do believe my dad shoots for Remix as well. And so we're taking the extra action with us to Italy. But yeah, I don't have a full rifle. I mean, my gun has done absolutely phenomenal in a match. I've never had anything break or go down. So Lord willing, that luck will continue. But just in case we have extra parts, really for anything. So yeah, that's much it. So there's only one of I name my guns. This is Madigan. I only have one Madigan. So <laughs> what is she named after? <laughs> oh, um it's actually named after a movie character when I was six. It was my favorite TV show. Um, and so it's named after my favorite character on that show, who I happen to have or had a crush on. So oh. yeah, kind of funny, but just I like the name. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to name him Madigan. You know, that's totally normal. Uh, I named my <laughs> shotgun and all my guns after characters from books that I've read. And if you've read The Sword of go. Truth, you might know my shotgun's name. There we go. There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mine's named after a slip crush. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel? Um, both of you are really young. Well, to me, you're really young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Age is very relative. I'm learning, you know, I'm like, I remember when I thought 40 was old and now I'm like, 60 is not old. Um, you know, friends that are 60, that's not old. Um, so it's very relative, but y'all are both relatively young. Um, how does it feel to already be on top? Like a lot of people, you know, work at their hobby or their sport for a long time and then they they finally get there and they're like okay I'm done I can put it down y'all both came out like both guns blazing you know <laughs> and are at the top of the leaderboard and going to you know represent the U.S. and Italy and winning national titles so how does that feel like does it scare you like oh no I have something I've got to uphold or is it just kind of challenge you more or motivate you more what's it feel like I feel like it's very motivating um I mean I started shooting when I was 17 now I'm 20 and to me I think it's just a good reminder that you know God has a plan for everyone and very much starting competitive shooting was a part of his plan for my life and I'm meant to be here and he has blessed me with amazing opportunities and I mean a lot of it was you know me putting in the hours, but it was by his strength I was able to do that. And I am not a quitter. I know I'm sure that probably sounds so like, oh yeah, okay, sure, Camden. But, you know, there have been a lot of people that have tried to bring me down over the past couple of years and have tried to be very discouraging. And I've had people flat out insult me before, but what a lot of people don't know about me is that that just drives me. And when it comes oh, yeah. to representing the USA, like that's just so exciting. And it's just an amazing opportunity. And I want to do it to the best of my abilities, which is why I'm practicing a ton. I am trying to soak in as much training and practicing as I can and just try to get mentally strong, physically strong, but it's truly so exciting. And yeah, I mean, it's just been such a cool experience and I'm just so thankful for everyone that's walked alongside me from companies to shooters. I mean, like Zane was saying earlier, I mean, there are guys that have become like family to us and 
but their support, my family's support, it's been so cool. Just getting better and now being able to go to Italy is so cool. So no plans to let up? No, ma'am. <laughs> Just gonna keep going. <laughs> yes. Zane, <laughs> how about you? Oh, um, well, uh, after the first year at Nationals, getting seventh was like just crazy. Not at all expected. Um, and then second year going into it, it was like, well, what do I do now? And then I get seventh again. And I'm like, oh, you know, great. Now I have this expectation set of me. And I definitely put a little bit of pressure on myself for that one. Um, just don't want to like drop off. And then everyone's like, oh, what happened to Zane? And um, yeah, I don't know what to do after this year. Uh, not really anywhere else to go after this year. Um, but I will say looking forward on things, Italy is just the most exciting thing. Um, getting, getting the opportunity to not only have the responsibility of re representing the country, wearing our amazing country's flag to another country and representing us in a shooting sport that is the biggest honor I've ever had in my life. It's absolutely incredible. But um, also the companies that have, you know, allowed me to wear their logo, uh, not something I take lightly at all. Uh, Athlon is one of them. Uh, they've been an absolutely amazing support to me, like I've talked about a little bit, and then KRG as well. Um, yeah, having someone else's logo and having someone else put that trust in me is uh, a weird kind of thing, but it's an absolute honor. And uh, the last one is uh, one that I reached out and wanted to have put on was the Free State Precision uh, logo for my local club because those guys are just like Cameron was saying they're their family that's yeah. that is what it is I I really love those guys and there are absolute lifelong friends that I've made from that club and yeah totally those guys are absolutely incredible people yeah yeah I have I have a few people who I actually call basically my uncles like they're my adopted uncles just you know I've been with me since day one and it's been so much fun but so do you both continue, do you both plan to pursue this lifelong? You, do you see yourself, you know, in your 40s still shooting 22? <laughs> Lord willing. I mean, it is one of those things where I know right now, like college will be picking up for me when I come back from Italy. So, you know, I know there'll always be something, there'll always be my life. You know, who knows if I'll get married? have kids who knows what's going to happen in my life and so it's always something that I want to do it's something that I always want to be a part of my life I mean I never want to just all of a sudden drop shooting you know and just never pick up a rifle again so it's always something that I want to do um you know it's something I want to pursue definitely for the next couple of years but who knows like who knows what's going to happen but it will always be a part of my life absolutely 100 percent yeah so Unless or I'm sorry. On that same note, uh, it's like the friends that I've made are never going to go away. Even if yeah. shooting oh, yeah. for some reason fades out of my life, it's those people are always going to remain in it. No doubt about it. 
um, picking up on the same note that Cameron was just talking about. Uh, at this point in my life, I believe that this is what God wants me to be doing. This is the people that I think God wants in my life and wants me in their life. And uh, I hope that I'm making some sort of impact on the sport. Um, that was a big thing last year. Yeah. Um, the The speech that I gave at Nationals last year, talking about- I made everyone cry if you want Yes, to. that was terrible. That was bad. No one <laughs> likes me after that one. <laughs> a bunch of grown men staring wow. at the table in front of them because they don't want anyone to see them crying it's great especially all the guys up there with me they're all just like turned around but that uh you know speaking openly about the importance of family and taking care of the people around you and um yeah. it's it's a sport but it shouldn't be the main focus of it it's it's a people thing yeah. Loving the people around you, caring yeah. to, you know, not being afraid of openly saying, bro, I love you. You know, a lot of people don't like to say that, but I absolutely love to say it, love to hug everyone around me, <laughs> even when it's like all these like big manly gun guys. And I'm like, nope, you're going to hug me. I'm not shaking your hand. I'm not allowing yeah, it. I give everyone hugs. I'm like the yes. little sister that shows up to the range. You know, give everyone hugs, <laughs> say hi to everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm like you, I'm a hugger, not a shaker. People come over and want to shake hands. And I'm like, I'm just a hugger. You're going to have to hug me. I'm sorry. And it's yeah. so funny, the few people that don't like to hug, but they know. And so they'll just like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I There's some people ask handshake because i don't know i just am not getting the vibe that they want to hug so I'm like you know what sure maybe handshake here you go there you go there you go names. just go with it i won't yeah. name names but there's one particular person who was like 100 percent against hugs absolutely in the parking lot this weekend i was like dude like come on give me this one and he let in <laughs> and like Aww. best thing ever it was great but uh, also as far as like shooting staying in my life um kind of having this conversation with uh Ruth and Justin like well I have young gun and I have base now I have open it's like air rifle looks awfully interesting for next season have the mm. opportunity to do something we know some guys yeah that would be uh that would be something I don't know if I really will but it'd certainly be something fun to mess around with. And then I okay. absolutely plan on being here to take the old gun trophy in like 90 years. So nice. <laughs> That's my favorite goal of them all. I got to get me a air gun, man. We just moved out and I have an acre and I can't really shoot 22 out here, but I could do an air gun. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the one thing that I will say, the new uh, FX ballistic chronograph, Justin Carbone had one out and I was really interested in it going into it I wanted to at least mess uh around with one but uh Friday I was having dope issues I was seven tenths high at 320 yards and I was like this is no good and so Friday afternoon I went up to Justin I was like hey can you help me like get um uh, a muzzle velocity because I figured my Midas was probably super temp sensitive, and this is probably about the warmest temperature I've shot in this year, and so that means warmest temperature with this new ammo, and so uh, I wanted to just get a 
uh, muzzle velocity ended up with the ballistic coefficient function that's in that, um, I built a whole new profile Friday afternoon in my Kestrel with the data Bro. off of that FX chrono and ran that this weekend. So thanks, Justin. Ooh, glad I wasn't there to get beat by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the live side, Jorge Hernandez wants to know, and I want to know personally, how you guys balance shooting at the level you're at and college and life and all the other things that happen. Time management. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Great it's, answer. It's a lot. It's, my family can answer that this spring was pretty stressful just with trying to do well in college because they're all classes I absolutely love, but they're college classes. Like you have to spend time mm. in them to do well. And, um, and I also work part-time. So it's, right. it's being very intentional about scheduling shooting and then kind mm. of around there, I'll be like, okay, now I'm working here. So then shooting is going to fall right here. And then, you know, there's this event I want to go to. So then this practice time has to be shuffled an hour sooner or an hour later. But it's also being very intentional about taking breaks because it's in that break where you'll find rest and rejuvenation. And then that's also when I spend time with like family. And it's very much, it's, you know, okay, I'm going to do two hours of this and then two hours of this and then seven hours of homework. Like after I do my, you know, this <laughs> shooting and this practice and it's, it's definitely a lot. Like it's not easy to balance everything. It's not a stress-free stress free life by any means, but, but it's also one of those things where I know that God has put it all on my plate and he's not going to give me more than I can handle. So I was like, you know what? All this is in my life for a reason. And I'm learning a lot about scheduling and about myself. And so it's been a lot. It's been really nice to be on summer break. Um, and I think that Italy falls into a really nice time frame to where I'm off for the summer of school. So it's been all shooting. It's been shooting and family, shooting and family. And it's it's been great, but yeah. Nice. I yeah, noticed I not a whole lot of Netflix and uh, stress eating and Panda Brownies was in there. No, no, my, that's more of, I take naps as much as I can, and Dutch Brothers <laughs> Rebel Energy Drinks are my lifesaver. Yes. Pick one up on the way nice. from work, get a Dutch Bros, come home, do like. You just got a Dutch Bros in Topeka. It's so Did good. You really? Yeah, oh, it's good. absolutely fantastic. Uh, my Dutch. best friend, Ike, he grew up in Oregon at some point and their family like knows one of the owners of Dutch Bros nice. and apparently they're working on getting one in Lawrence which would be uh quite the money pit so I was gonna be like mine I have such a trap because Shields and Dutch Bros are right next to each other on my way home from oh, work no. so that's that's my little between <laughs> And school and work is just stopping at those two places. <laughs> yes. I, I will say I'm definitely not great on the time management side of things. Um, like school is very difficult and takes up a lot of my time. But then it's also like between classes when I'm just hanging out, I'm like, 
I just want to do shooting stuff. Like, I'm going to call and talk to people. Like, I don't know how many times this semester I, like, called and talked to Dustin about just stuff and, you know, looking at Facebook and uh, trying to do the not, like, physical parts of shooting while I'm, like, in class, like, looking at new stuff and um that I mean really that's my break from school is doing shooting stuff and talking to all my friends um yeah. but like I think yeah, like, I think it was uh, really good having those relationships because yeah. then they get like that life into your busy schedule like just having those relationships so you get a call or even just text now a conversation with them like that's just so rejuvenating and provides yeah, for sure. so much in a busy schedule yeah, I uh, definitely should probably start packing for matches sooner than I do, though, because I oftentimes find myself like 11 o'clock the night before. I'm like, OK, now let's pack for a match because <laughs> it's like my free time is something that I value a lot and I don't want to interrupt my free time to do the stuff that I probably should be doing. And so it's like. I'm hanging out with my girlfriend and watching a show and then it's like okay we're going to bed I'll be right there I need to go get ready for a match real quick <laughs> and then wake up <laughs> yeah. at like 6 a.m the next morning to go do it so not great on my part sounds like you got it down I might need some tips from your camera <laughs> it, it, it's, it's it's been a journey finding, finding <laughs> this it's new to me so. <laughs> uh, that's great so we're about at the midpoint of the show. Reminder, if you're watching us live on Facebook, ask any questions you may have live in the com have in the comment section of the video. We'll ask it live on air. One way to catch us, you can always check back on the Shooters Mindset Facebook page. The videos stay up there forever, and we usually upload to all the podcast apps the night after, show, after the show. Finally, everything eventually ends up on the Shooters Mindset YouTube page, so that's a great place to go back and look at all of our historical 410 episodes. Nice. So we've kind of talked about when you train, but let's kind of talk about like what you guys have planned and what you're doing specifically as far as training goes, get ready for the IPRF world shoot in Italy. Like, you know, how many days a week are you doing live fire, dry fire? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> That's her time management um, there. Your time in. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so I will go out and do live fire. Okay, to be honest, up until about two months ago, practice was like all over the place. Um, but I've really created a good schedule to where I will practice four to six times live fire a week. Just it's been super rainy here, wow. like, so sometimes I can't do it, you know, my full five or six days. Um, but in that time, I do, I really try to find a balance to where it is training to support and continue to refine my fundamentals and then I'll also do like practice matches at my house like match simulations so then you know when I go do a match it's not so different than my normal practice like basically I'm trying to set myself up to do the best I can at a match by doing a little mini match at my house but I do have a range at my house which I'm incredibly thankful for um, and so I just get to go out there after work or during the day and I'll have what I want to work on. If I feel like I need to work on tank trap, barricade, KYL, long distance targets, spinners, um, I'll do that. 
I do see a lot of value in dry firing. So if there's a time span where I can't go out and do live fire, I do mm -hmm. dry fire. I probably need to be better about it and more consistent. Um, but I definitely see some value in it. And yeah, so that's my schedule. I do, I am purposeful about um, keeping Sundays pretty shooting free, have that day of rest, rejuvenation. And then that's also like a clear stop and start to the new week and then like mm -hmm. a new training schedule. And so, yeah, I've had the past three months or three months leading up to Italy basically planned out of, you know, what I need to work on, how many match simulations I need to do versus how much um, like fundamental training I need to do. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my schedule. It's, it's a lot, I'm burning through a lot of ammo, but you know, at this point, oh. who knows what's going to happen? So I'm going to embrace Italy and shoot the shoot my butt off. So, on the five to six days a week, obviously mm -hmm. having access to the range out back is awesome. But did you find that consistency, like day to day, with shorter sessions, was better than the longer session? Is that why you did the five to six days, or is it just because you have it and it's really awesome to shoot every day? I feel like it's. I think it's kind of both. I have gotten used to being behind my rifle a lot. And like when mm -hmm. I go two or three days without being behind my rifle, I like it really like antsy. Like I love my rifle. Yep. Um, I do really enjoy being able to go out for a slightly shorter period of time because it's very purposeful, very much like I'm going to do this and this and this, and right. I'm going to get it done. And then, you know, that's my practice time and I get to do what I want. And then the next day, and then when it's a little bit shorter time period, um, I feel like then I'm able to work on things and then a little bit more spread out. And so then it just, to me, it flows better versus shoving it all into two days and then having right. no practice at all. So I definitely like being able to have a little bit each day. I just feel like it keeps me tuned up and behind my rifle. Like to me, it's just comforting being behind my rifle. So that's really my my reason why so I was like that little bit keep me refined keep me going I like it yeah yeah I mean I would not be doing that if I had to drive you know like an hour I mean if I didn't if I didn't have range in my backyard it would have to be an hour drive to the closest range so then obviously my shooting schedule would be different I would have to adapt mm -hmm. to the circumstances so I'm very blessed and very thankful for my range. I spent a lot of time out there. <laughs> I would absolutely love to have somewhere I could shoot um, in my backyard. I would also go through an utterly absurd amount of ammo. Um, yeah. I, I, I really my dad's like, Camden, how, how much ammo did you shoot this week? And I'm like, you don't want to know. Like, I, I sent my gun to Lapua and I'd like, set aside ammo for North Carolina and for Italy because I knew that I would just be practicing a ton and so like I needed to make sure that I had some set aside because I just shoot so much so yeah my yeah. practice schedule unfortunately um I don't have something as nice as that as where I can just go out and shoot um my practice should probably be a lot more than it currently is um honestly most of my practice is just matches um 
weekends are matches. And uh, this past year is my first year at college. So really um, my rifle was kind of bouncing between here and at my dad's in Topeka and like okay you bring it to the range for the match and or I'll bring it and it was like really all over the place so like right now my rifle isn't even here and so obviously I can't practice um one of the people who reached out and wanted to support us for uh Italy the whole team was uh DFAT with their dry fire training I have it and I want to use it and we uh actually took the bolt of our new Tika or the firing pin in the bolt of our new Tika out so that's like a dedicated dry firing bolt mm -hmm. um but just with the juggling of everything like I I really don't hardly practice at all it's really all just matches but I'd say the one thing that makes um the matches practice is really going into it wanting to work on something picking out yeah. something very specific to work on a lot of people just go to a match and just shoot it and yeah. that's not a great way to get better um it's gonna help a little bit but when you're going to a match and you're like i really want to work on seeing bullets this match i really want to work on getting good first round impacts i really want to work on time management i want to work on uh, my time to my first shot or target acquisition picking something mm -hmm to do when you're going to a match picking something to work on is absolutely crucial but yeah. one of the big things that i think allows me to uh, be at the level that i am without practicing much if at all is a lot of when i'm just like going to bed or in class and like daydreaming is like thinking about shooting so mm -hmm. A lot of that comes from like my addiction and my obsession with the stuff where like yeah. before I even shot a match, I like knew how to do all the stuff. I'd never physically done it, but I've run through the stuff and watched people do it. So I know how to do it. Yeah. And so I'd say a lot of what I do is really just thinking about stuff and uh, like thinking about my reticle and thinking about stages from previous matches, thinking about what I messed up. Like that's also another thing that a lot of people do. Like you might go clean a stage and you go set your rifle down, you go get ready for the next stage and you're like, sweet, I cleaned it. Perfect. That's what I want to do. And you really just, you can't do that. If you want to be at a really high level, you need to be really, really honest with yourself, which is really hard to do. And you need to, figure out the stuff that you are doing wrong uh, because there's a lot of times where I've gone and shot a monthly and won the whole match. And I'm like, I'm not proud of how I shot that. Even here this past weekend, there were stages where I'm like, why did you do that? That was dumb. You cleaned the stage, but it's so very, very easily could have gone the wrong direction. And I do something dumb, I get complacent, I drop two shots and I wouldn't want. So like stuff like that, like a stage where I've got 10 positions and one target and I'm running it and I just get complacent. And so it's like, break the shot and move. It's like, no, you need to be watching where every single one of those rounds goes because 
the wind can change like that. You need to be walk, watching how the plate rocks. You need to be watching the little details, and you can't you can't get that complacency. And so I definitely got myself doing that a couple times. Huh. And I mean, I don't know how much like you shoot same, but kind of like my pretty full practice schedule is because I have a very inconsistent map schedule. Like where we live in Colorado, there there's like one monthly match. But besides that, we have to drive like nine plus hours to a match. And so mm. with my inconsistent math schedule, that's why I really want to make sure I have a consistent practice schedule. So like that's another reason why I really make sure I practice my math schedule is very inconsistent. So Absolutely. Yeah, this summer I got lucky enough where this summer it's like, you know, I'm going to literally, I'm going to shoot every single match whether I want to or not, really. Yes. And yeah. so uh, we got lucky with how things kind of work out. Um, we've had, I guess last weekend was like our fourth match weekend in a row. So That's we had awesome. uh, PRS 22 in Kansas City, had our mm -hmm. monthly NRL 22 here, had another PRS match here, had North Carolina this weekend. We've got another PRS up in Missouri. Weekend after that, we've got an X match up in Missouri. And so um, lucky enough to be in that Kansas City area where we have a fair few ranges around. Uh, That's really nice. Still have a little bit of traveling to do, um, but mm -hmm. not being in school and having my so nice. four o'clock Friday class is <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Do we so, have lives? Yes, we got three really good live questions right in a row. Um, so we're going to start off with Tyler. Um, you guys mentioned that, you know, you, you have to work on this. But how do you know what you have to work on? Are you sitting there making a list? You come off of a stage and you're like, all right, I screwed up this and this and this and this, and you got to check all these boxes before the next match. What's your method of determining how is your time best spent practicing? Yeah, so at a match, I, once I get off the stage, I will make notes. So like, I'll make sure I write down my score um, and like what the weather was doing, but then I'll also uh, write down like what went well, but what I could work on. And so then when I come back, it'd be like, wow, I really needed work on spinners. I'm just going to say spinners. So then I'll come back and I'll work on spinners. Or this past weekend, there was a specific stage where the wind really got me. And so now I know that I have a drill that I need to work on when it comes to wind. And I need to work on that because I unfortunately lost a few too many points on that stage. And that... I can't afford that. So now I need to come home and work on that. So I always make sure I write down something positive, but then something I need to work on. And so then I'll go through on my notes and I'll go back to my notes too, be like, hey, what do I need to work on? So yeah. And I always make sure I throw in some fun stage too, like, you know, and on a good note. That's a really good idea. Uh, mine's just brutal honesty. Like, hey dude, what are you, what are you doing? Why are we sucking at this this weekend? You need to not do that anymore practice it um but i'd say a lot of the stuff is um like people always are amazed by how fast i am uh, a lot of that is making sure you have good fundamentals which leads to good target acquisition my first shots are usually within like eight seconds of the buzzer um and then efficiency of movement is super key transitioning 
uh, you'll see if you really watch, uh, you'll see a lot of people make a movement and then spend a lot of time settling into that position. Yeah, kind of like that little shooter wiggle. Yeah. <laughs> get, it set, get it set, get it right the first time and you don't have to go back and change all this stuff. That's funny. I have a golfer wiggle too. Like when we go to top golf, I have to like, I line up and then I have to like do a little loop to get in the right spot. I probably do that in shooting business too. I just slam it down real hard, you know, check, make sure everything's good and tight. And then you don't have to wait for it to settle. There you go. <laughs> See, that's, that's actually a thing that a lot of people do is mm-hmm. uh, one thing. <laughs> One of the guys mentioned that I should teach a college level class about sand management. Um, so in your shooting <laughs> bags, you have your heavy fill of sand. And one of the most important things is how that sand is placed. So like some guys, uh, I know I was talking to Tyler Orth a couple months ago about it. Like when you're doing a transition, he grabs his bag and the fore end of the rifle and it all comes together that doesn't allow you to really control where the sand is in there. And so mm-hmm. one of the things a lot of people do wrong is they slam their bag down. Kind of the way that I look at it is the bag can conform to the barricade and it can conform to your rifle. When you slam a bag down because you hate it, it conforms to whatever that barricade is. Like it's going to make a perfect imprintation of that rock. Now you're setting your rifle just on top of a rock. And so that's something a lot of people don't really focus on a lot. Um, And another thing on that same note is like how your bag starts in your hand is super important. So every single stage, you'll see me (laughs) look at my bag and do this little like juggle to flip it around exactly right. Because I know, yeah, I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it like this and I'm going to set it just like that right there. Mm -hmm. And that's super important. Mm -hmm. It's important if you don't want to move it again, but that's a yeah. huge thing. You're right. So I'm going I'm gonna to tie, tie these next two lives together um, because they're very similar and right after each other. But what is the most stressful part about getting ready to go to Italy? And what is your individual mindsets on going into this match? Dressing on a match? I definitely is going to keep the mindset. It's it's nothing big. It's just another match with people you know. You can meet new friends just like any other match. And there's going to be after where I'm really going to celebrate that it's world. You know, I never want to, I never want to, um, like, not recognize it as worlds. And I never want to you know, not be appreciated of going to Worlds. But definitely, I think to be mentally fine with Worlds, I definitely just need to treat it, for me personally, as another match where I get to go, shoot my gun. It's going to look just normal through my reticle. The target is going to look just fine. And then, you know, I'm going to meet people. They're probably going to have some different accents, but it's still going to be great. And... To me, honestly, I think the most stressful part about going to Italy is making sure that my equipment arrives fine. Like to me, that's that's the most stressful part is I need to make sure it all gets there and that my gun is fine and well taken care of. Like that's to me the most stressful part. Yeah, 
uh, for me, it's like I just want to go hang out with cool people, meet some new people that you never <laughs> get to see before. But like, just wants to hang out with the Shears mindset at the Airbnb. Yes, I'm yeah. so excited about the Airbnb. I'm so excited about the Airbnb. It's so cool. Yeah. Anchor's cute. That's gonna be. I'm excited for the food. When I think of it. Yes. There you go. Pasta. Pasta is one of the greatest yes. things I've ever invented. I'm so excited. I'm so ready to be like sitting there eating like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Camden, one of the things I saw my dad uh, just commented, um, air tags are a great invention. Yes. yes. I mm-hmm. so many of those. I, so this to this last weekend was the first time that we integrated into our stuff and we had one that was in our uh, pelican case that had like our tripod and spotter and some ammo and stuff like that mm-hmm. and one in the buttstock of my rifle so all weekend mm-hmm. I had an air tag in the buttstock of my rifle awesome. and like being able to see exactly where it is live is like yes. such a peace of mind and so fantastic I yeah I yeah. think we're going to do that I literally just added that to our shopping list, ever-growing shopping list for Italy, because I'm, like, the most stressful part for me is how I'm going to get this giant freaking satellite to the other side (laughs) of the world. I think we're going to add on. I don't know that we're checking that thing. Yeah, we'll we'll have to figure that out. I'm not sure if it's small enough to to carry it on. They're a great investment. One of my friends used to ship air tags on all of his barrels when they got cut. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Do that for sure. So, y'all compete in any other shooting sports? I I do a little bit of center fire. Definitely okay. not as much as twenty-two by any means. Um, it's still very new to me, but I really enjoy it. I love center fire, but I love team matches. I've shot two of them, and to this day, they are some of my favorite matches ever i love them so much okay so who is your partner because that's kind of the team match that's what makes or breaks it absolutely um so the first match i ever shot was wtrc and mm-hmm. my teammate was a burris shooter he also works at burris okay. doug lynch and then my second match was team safari i love team safari and my team member was Sky Thomas, and that was okay. awesome. Sky, Sky is such a great dude. He's been my mentor since I met him, and it was so much fun shooting with him. Like an absolute blast. <laughs> so much fun. We have a super fun team match here in town. If you, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it before. It's called um, Mammoth Sniper Challenge. If you want to come shoot it? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Super duper fun. I've heard a lot about that. it's all true (laughs) yeah you know let let me think about that for a little bit (laughs) Cameron I'll save you on this one do you think there's any crossover between 22s and other matches (laughs) oh yeah definitely there's I think um I think the biggest negative difference is this might sound very funny but when I go back to my 22 the um, bolt you know you have to run your bolt so far back and so far forward in center fire um it always catches me off guard when i go back to 2022 but i see a ton of positive 
when it comes to crossing over from center fire and rim fire. Um, and I think the biggest one is in center fire, you have to build a very solid position in order to manage recoil well. And I feel like sometimes I can just get very comfortable building positions with rim fire that just slap my bag up there, get behind it and shoot. But that doesn't work in center fire or else that shot's gonna go way off. You're not gonna have good recoil management. And so then when I shoot center fire and I come back to rim fire, I build such solid positions that it makes a world of a difference. After I shot the best in Texas, I um, came back to rim fire and it was a huge difference. So I think there's a lot of positive to it. Then again, I don't shoot like 50-50, so I don't really know um, mm -hmm. if there are necessarily a lot of negative aspects of crossing over. Um, but so far, I found more positive than not. So Nice. What about you, Zay? I am kind of working on getting a center fire rifle together, um, but just the way we've gone all in on rimfire doesn't really leave room or time to do that. Um, at the current time, it's like nothing but Italy really matters right now. Right. So yeah. it's like For sure. all, I don't even want to shoot anything else <laughs> except like my carry gun to maintain concurrency with that and my chica mm -hmm. and that's like yeah. fun guns i don't even want to touch it because like these are just i want to focus on that um so right now the mm -hmm. biggest focus on is just on uh rimfire and the yeah. tika and getting ready for that um yeah i have all the parts for my center fire i just need to get a reamer to that's my right. buddy who has been uh -huh. waiting for it for a little bit and have it done. Um, but yeah, I kind of sort of shot a few center fire matches with the Tika Attack A1. Uh, okay. 6.5 Creed, uh, but it's been like two years. It's not not been on my mind for a while, but I do want to get into it. I think center fire is super cool. That ability to like, you know, actually have a little bit of a knockdown power behind your gun. Uh, yeah it's cool i love 22s but also like shooting 600 yards is also pretty cool and not having to hold like 19 mils of wind that's always cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh something after italy then yeah mm -hmm. definitely no idea what i'm gonna do after italy but i don't even know what i'm gonna do as far as rimfire i feel people are asking me like are you going to be able to put the Tika down? Or are you going to switch to the Remix? So I'm like, I don't know. Ask me in a couple <laughs> months because I sure won't have it figured out by then. That's <laughs> a problem for future me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So I've got a really rough one next. Uh, competition or hunting? You can only pick one for the rest of your life. Competition. Not even a thought, not even like a pause, nothing. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I love hunting. I He's love like, hunting. Okay. I really do. But competing, there's just something about it that I absolutely love. Yeah, I would say competing too. Uh, prairie dog hunting would probably be pretty hard to put down. 
Ooh. just because that <laughs> combines the two in such a glorious event. <laughs> they're just targets. There's they come up like steel targets. I mean, they're steel paragon targets. <laughs> um, but I love hunting. Uh, that's really what I grew up doing. Uh, my dad's mm-hmm. brother uh, taught me how to shoot and we went hunting all the time and uh it always have a special place in my heart but like hopefully when I go out hunting I'm not going to meet a person out there whereas when I'm shooting I get to meet all sorts of cool people right and that's Mm -hmm. such a big part of shooting for me it's just the people yeah definitely yeah I couldn't agree more with that like when you guys were talking about all the friends that you have in matches and all the like the fun memories um it really is about having kind of like that team group that you go to that like you spend this nationals or you just go to this match on the other side of the country but the airbnb on like the river when you're fishing until like midnight or whatever (laughs) that's the fun part yes for sure yeah, the Airbnb we stayed up that stayed at this past weekend was uh, it was gorgeous. If you want to see it, you can go to Darren's page. He posted some pictures of it. It was so cool, but it was like it was built in 1910, and the guy who owned it, his goal was to replace all the stuff with time period correct stuff, the stuff built in 1910 or before. Which, huh. if you're going to do that in Airbnb, maybe the pillows should not fall into that. <laughs> one thing I'll say, super cool, but like sleeping, not the best. Also, so it's really authentic. <laughs> very much so, yes. Um, Saturday, no, Friday night, I uh, was kind of anxious about the match, excited, and took me a while to get to sleep and I sure took my time getting ready for bed and probably about 12 30 I got in the bed and was laying there you know a little too excited to sleep for a while and one of my buddies was up above me walking around and so it was like a two-story and he's up there walking around and I'm like man it's kind of annoying get to sleep I wake up at like 3 a.m more walking around I'm like this is like old creaky house is probably gonna be really annoying for the next couple of days well we're sitting around the dinner table getting ready to go to the match saturday morning i'm like what in the world were you doing at 12 30 last night it's like what are you talking about it's like <laughs> you were uh you were walking around above me at 12 30 last night he's like i was in bed 11 30 you mean like <laughs> 5 a.m when i got up to go to the bathroom well, i'm like no <laughs> So, place is haunted. It was cool. There was some other great experiences. Uh, there was an old grandfather clock in the sitting room, and I was sitting there catching up on F1 uh, Saturday night, and the clock that had been broken for who knows how many years started ticking, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. Fun place. <laughs> so, I feel like this is a really crazy question, because I feel like you may have both met your goal for the year already but we always ask what your goals are for the year and then specifically also like do you have any specific goals for Italy complete and under domination there you go (laughs) got a boy yeah I mean I think my goal is to get 
top email. Um, but I also know that there are some very talented females going as well. And so I think we're all going to shoot our butt off. And so I think we're at least going to be let the best woman win. And I think all of us are going to do our best and you can't control how other people shoot. So, but my goal for Italy is top lady, shoot the best I can, but just enjoy the experience and soak it all in. Um, but I think that's my biggest goal, but it really just stay focused, continue to refine my skills, grow mentally strong, physically strong. Um, but I mean, and do it all for the glory of God. So. Yep. 100%. It's kind of funny going into nationals. It was like, I just want this to be like a good, solid, high stakes practice match for Italy. Normally, nationals yeah. is like, that's that's my <laughs> season right there. And then mm-hmm. this season, it was like, good stepping, like good step yeah. up to it's Italy. Yeah. It's like it's and a championship, then, but there's more. <laughs> yeah, it went how it went, and I was totally. like, well, that's a pretty good practice round for Italy keep that same momentum going and uh yeah Mm -hmm. mercilessly i just want to crush everyone i want to meet everyone i want to be friends with everyone but i also just want to smoke them absolutely yeah (laughs) that's the most american thing ever (laughs) american is apple pie that's what that is love it (laughs) absolutely great do we have any more lives believe we're good on the live side all right well just before we go to wrap up, I just want to remind everybody, or if we have any viewers that just joined, that we will be in Italy also, not shooting the match, but we will be there um, shooting cameras at the match and trying to provide live coverage for everyone. So um, that is something that we are able to do because we've got some sponsors. So our coverage is going to be um, covered by masterpiece arms which is a great uh, friend of ours and sponsor that's really helping us greatly to get over there so all the coverage is going to be masterpiece arms coverage um so thank you to phil and that team over there that's gonna help us out with that so i just want to make sure that everyone knows that we're gonna have that coverage so to be watching the facebook page it'll come up on the um on the on the page as a live you can go on facebook and get notified if we go live i don't remember how to do that but greg does um but i know that you can do it where if you want to know <laughs> if the page goes live you can get notified um so i would recommend bell for notifications that. yeah just turn it on so that you get notified whenever we go live so you can see it uh the coverage will be a little bit off with the time because of the time change over there but there is a pretty good overlap of what is waking hours here that you know people will be able to watch the match so i just want to make sure y'all put the word out let everybody know that we'll be doing this um and thank you to mpa for all of their support with this and then with that we're going to move to shout outs and we're going to start with corey so I want to thank Texas Precision Matches for getting me my dream job, WeBad for Ooh. keeping my cheeks comfy, JP for the amazing rifles, Federal for primers, you got a whole case, <laughs> Vortex for optics that I'm not worried about breaking, Hunter's HD Gold for the bitchin' shades and support of the trip to Italy, Ben Stoker Pro Shop for the discount codes, and Camden for sending me one of her stickers, which I'm going to put on my <laughs> rifle. And Zane, I'd like to request a sticker as well. For when you dominate Ooh. Italy, so there's that. 
I can get you a free state precision sticker. Perfect. Send you some Texas precision matches. Uh, a, a signed one? Ooh. Maybe, maybe we my biggest fan. <laughs> you could take a quote from Zane and put it on a sticker. What was it? Utterly dominate. Utter domination. Utterly dominate. <laughs> I think that there needs to be a sticker of Zane saying that. That's what we need. We'll get something worked out. Yeah. Hit up Greg Moore. That's right. <laughs> okay. How about you for shout outs? All right. So since Corey did like Mr. Super Influencer, I'm gonna go short and sweet tonight. Um, can never go without shouting out my beautiful lime green PDC custom chassis back there. But uh also wanted to shout out uh Luth AR. They were a sponsor of the NRL 22 finale. A bunch of me and the local guys picked up these nifty looking little 1022 chassis. I think like six or seven people from around the area near us picked them up. Um but it was really cool seeing somebody that's not like particularly a precision rifle company um, supporting our sport. And, you know, this, this would be, this would be pretty cool. All the, all the guys were picking up and like, Oh yeah, this is going to be my, my son's first competition rifle. And I'm like, oh, I'm single. I don't have kids, but it's <laughs> look, it has shiny parts. <laughs> oh my word. Never change, Greg. <laughs> I don't even know where to, yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to say now. Uh, we're going to just move to Camden. Do you have any shout outs? <laughs> oh, gosh. To my family, who's my biggest supporter. Uh, to all of my shooting friends who bring me since day one. And to the companies who sponsor me. Burris, Webad, uh, Hawkins Precision, and um, OBI. You guys are great. And thank you so much for entrusting me to represent your company and let's go team USA. Yeah. Zane, how about you? Uh first and foremost, absolutely none of anything that I do, shooting or life otherwise, would be possible without God. Uh that's mm. that's just it. Um Amen. besides, you know, that uh my dad has been an absolutely incredible uh, person to have along this shooting journey um, I really I just have the best dad and that's that's just it he's he's phenomenal he uh, not only supports me with all the awfully expensive financial stuff but just being a dad being the best dad I can possibly ask for uh, it's fantastic uh, on the people side the guys at Free State Precision um they're all just great. I've already ranted and said all that, but uh, Darren, AJ, John, uh, all the management crew there, uh, just flat out good people. Um, and then Dustin Harding from Athlon, he's turned into one of my best friends and he's a just an absolutely fantastic guy, like we've already said. Uh, Athlon in general, uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm very honored to have them in KRG uh, allowing me to represent them uh, on the biggest stage we've seen so far and uh, have everyone that organized the team uh, yes. choose me and entrust in me to represent our country over there. And uh, Ruth is utterly phenomenal for everything that she has done for the team. Uh, Ruth has put in just a stupid amount of work behind the scenes to uh, 
make <laughs> sure we are all taken care of to the best of her ability to raise funds for us. The team fundraiser was an absolutely massive success, and she did pretty much all of it. Uh, Ruth is one of the most phenomenal people I've ever met in my entire life, and uh, yeah, we love her. That's awesome. We did have a question in the comments about, are y'all fundraising for Italy? Is there anything left that's still going on? I know the big fundraisers already passed, but. The big, my big fundraisers um, have ended. I, there were some amazing companies that stepped up and gave prizes to a match that my local club held for me. It was a great success, so much fun. Um, and also Colin Foss from Beef Outdoors, he donated a backpack to be raffled off. So my personal fundraising is mostly over. Um, but yeah, and as Sane said, the team fundraiser was a huge success and that ended in April? April or May 1st, yeah. one of those two. Yeah, um, if you wanna know about my fundraising, message Brad Herman at Facebook. Ask him what's up with that. I think there was a GoFundMe page in the works at some point. I don't know. Um, Ruth's fundraiser <laughs> helped us out a ton. Um, have other help coming in from some other guys. Um, but yeah. Awesome. The Shears Mindset is still fundraising if anyone wants to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's expensive that, to get over there. <laughs> on that same note, does anyone know if Dakota Wright's fundraiser is still going on? I can't remember when that ended. Let's see. Definitely look at all the. I feel like I saw it recently. I can't remember. It's it's kind of hard to you know between traveling and school and everything keep up with everything and dates and everything, but yeah. for sure not just us. Like everyone else still has to fund their way over there. Um, I know that Peyton had a good run on her fundraiser. Really cool to see mm -hmm. the support for her, mm -hmm. but make sure you guys go and look at all the other people and see what they have going on. It's not just us. Do whatever you can for the other guys too. Yep. All right. Well, with that, I just want to shout out, like I said, Masterpiece Arms for helping us out. And I want to shout you two out for coming and spending a couple hours of your Tuesday night with us. I know you're super busy. You probably got studying to do and all that good stuff, but um we look forward to seeing y'all in Italy. I think that y'all are going to do great things over there and I'm excited to see it. So absolutely. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. Yes. Thank cool. you so much. We enjoyed it. I'm sure we're going to have the winners of the Italy match come on the show. So, I mean, <laughs> might end up. Repeat. Hopefully we'll see y'all soon. Yeah, maybe we'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah. So with that, it'll be a wrap for episode 411, and we'll see everybody next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.